0: Welcome to the Rich Life Realization Podcast. I have a very special guest with me today, Amanda. And how do you pronounce your last name? Garjulo. Garjulo. I love. Mm-hmm. I love it. We connected because Amanda has gone through something similar with uh, that I did uh, with orthorexia. And now she is a, a a coach. She helps other people. Tell us more about what you do.
1: Okay. That's like the I love that because I actually was just on the beach yesterday with cousins of mine, my, my cousin's daughters. They're young, they're teenagers, so they're def- definitely impressionable. They were asking me what it's like to be a coach. And they said, You sound more like a life coach than like just a wellness coach, you know, like I say just, but. We do. We become, you know, people that a lot of our clients open up to. You know, tell us, share with us not only the foods because those things become, you know, a window into the relationships that we have in other parts of our lives. And you and I spoke a lot about the mind's body connection, so it definitely resonates, and it is definitely accurate. But anyway, so you wanted to know, to know a little bit about. How I coach my clients and what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I am a nutrition coach, but I'm also a yoga instructor. And I find that when I'm working with clients one on one, both come into play when I'm coaching because there is that mind body connection. And I use, you know, mindfulness and mindset resets in order to help my clients with their relationship with food.
0: Hmm. So, you use kind of that mental refocusing, reconnecting with yourself, especially through yoga. Yoga is definitely about connecting, it's about listening. And you use it for them with their nutrition.
1: Yes. So it's because that's what worked for me personally, right? And I think that the only thing we can do is teach from I. That's something that I learned from my yoga practice, right? The best thing that we can do is use our own journey as a way to help others. So for me, um, I started out in television production years ago when I first graduated college. I worked for Wendy Williams, Montel Williams, Sony Television, NBC, kind of on all those sets. And I was I like hit a crossroads where um, my job was basically the functions of my job were being given to other people for the company to save money. Right. And I mean, it happens. Listen, I had an amazing time in that career. And at that point I was at this crossroads. I was like, what do I do? So um, I was just newly engaged, getting ready to plan a wedding, you know, pay for a wedding. So it was, it was a little nerve wracking at that time when I lost my job, but I had very lucky that my partner is extremely supportive. And he always knew that I wanted to perform, to be an on-camera host, to act and take my hand at that. So he told me, he's like, take this time right now. He's like, maybe you should go back to school and just go for it. So at that time I did, I went back to school. And after that experience, I felt um, anxious. I started auditioning And because I was going through auditioning and being judged constantly, um, I had my first panic attack at 33 years old. And that day I called my mother and my mother who struggled from panic attacks as well had said to me, why don't you go outside and go for a walk and start to see nature and connect? So I did it and it was able to really calm my nerves. And at that point, I realized that my anxiety was leaking over into other parts of my life it was affecting my marriage you know because my husband is my closest person sometimes that's the person that gets the most of your emotion mm-hmm. so he was getting a lot of it um, and anytime he gave me feedback even in a really supportive way i immediately became reactive immediately was defending myself and you know now later on you know talking about years later i can see the error of my ways right? But still being compassionate with myself. At that point, I decided I needed to do something. I needed to change. I needed to balance out the anxiety that was showing up from auditioning and from having, leading a lifestyle that wasn't really stable, you know, as far as income and monetary, all that, all that stuff. So I walked into a yoga uh, yoga studio that a friend of mine from high school owned. Didn't even realize it was her studio. And when I saw her behind the desk, I was I immediately felt this feeling of relief. And like, I was just in the right place, call it like cosmic timing, you know, whatever your belief is. And she had this flyer on the desk for a 40 day yoga challenge. And I said to her, I said to her, what is this? And she explained it to me. And I said, I feel like I need it. And she said, if you feel like you need to do it, you probably do. And at that moment, I just kind of like teared up a little bit. And I decided to sign up and that was it. Um, Stepping into that 40 day challenge, I had no idea what I was doing. And this was a Baptiste style of yoga. If anybody's familiar with it, that's um, Baron Baptiste is the founder of this style of yoga. That's really about starting in the physical practice to make yoga accessible. And I was somebody who needed that to kind of move so that I could find clarity and presence and slow down in my mind,
0: Mm.
1: find the breath. So I started clean eating. I cut out sugar, cut out meat. I was practicing Baptist power yoga six days a week for six weeks. I was (laughs) meditating every single day. And I started using inquiry questions to journal to start to get present to the way that I was showing up in my life in certain aspects and how it was leaking over into everything this really gave me access to presence and that presence helped me to take off the blinders and almost like remove the veil. Sometimes people say that like removing the veil and I was able to see the way that I was showing up in my relationships and how reactive I was when my husband came to me and how I just wasn't present anywhere, right? There's this saying in Baptist yoga, everywhere you go, there you are. So every time I reacted, to any kind of situation, it was defensive. I wasn't open to receiving feedback. And it was this, this like, not in my stomach, but the access to the presence was really what gave me the ability to naturally control the symptoms of my anxiety and also helped me to quiet those negative thoughts that show up. I mean, they're there, right? But it helped me to start to make friends with the negative thoughts to be able to see them, take a moment, right? Breathe through them, call myself out and say, oh, look, there's a negative thought. It's okay. It's there. I understand that it's my ego trying to keep me safe, but rather than feed into it, I'm going to use my breath, thank the thoughts for showing up, but choose to do what I want to do instead. And that helped me to stop reacting so much to what life was throwing at me. I learned to become an observer from
0: there. Yeah, Uh, that's that's powerful to to make that shift. And to realize that I think more and more of our life isn't personal. More and more of, of the things that our spouses are doing or our kids, or the people that we most care about or coworkers are doing Mm -hmm. is so impersonal. They're in their confusion and we get in our confusion.
1: So perfectly stated, right? Because we forget that everybody has a different perspective
0: Mm.
1: and everybody's seeing things from their own reality. It doesn't mean that my reality is going to be the same as yours or the same as my husband's just because we're in the same household. You know, it's like, how do how do we acknowledge that and accept people for coming from exactly where they are?
0: Because there's an innocence to it, too, uh, that if people have their own separate realities, there is a, a a trust that they are doing the best that they can. In their reality that they're creating for themselves.
1: That's so beautiful. And that, that even makes me think about like the expectations that we place sometimes like as a child to a parent, right? Like I was just having a conversation about this this past weekend at a family reunion barbecue that I was at. We were talking about these expectations we place on our parents as children, because it was all my cousins talking about our parents. hmm and we forget that they're they're literally doing the best that they can at the time. right? And it's like, how do you it's exactly what you said, Rich. how do you trust? Like give them the trust and give them the faith and the compassion to know that our parents really did the best with the tools they were given at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. and and their parents too, were given we're, were they they didn't mean to spread some of this illusion, some of the, the false beliefs, some of those repeated thoughts that made our lives more challenging, not meaning to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: I just speaking to you just fills my heart. (laughs) Like (laughs) it's this beautiful, like co-creation of your center speaking to my center. And it's just, like those lessons and being a mirror and just being so supportive of one another, like, Oh, so grateful to know you. Yeah. You as well. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ah. So I guess, should I just continue, kind of continue back? You tell me. Yeah. Okay. So from that 40 day challenge, I felt stronger than I felt in a long time and the access to the presence helped me to feel open to new possibilities in my life. And I just wanted to share it. Like, how can I help other people feel as good as I feel now? Because I, like I said, I felt like that veil was removed. I felt like I was sleeping for like 33 years. And now like somebody gave me the key. (laughs) I felt like elated. So I decided to, from there, I stepped into a 28 day yoga challenge. And then right from that 28 day yoga challenge, I was like, I want to be a yoga teacher because it, at the time it was a very logical decision because it supported what I was doing as far as, um, auditioning and having an unstable schedule. I was like, well, I could just bend my teaching schedule to work around my auditions and to work around what I'm doing. I didn't know that it was going to spark like a passion in me and something that I just needed to share with as many clients as I possibly could, you know, so, um, from doing teacher training, that's kind of where the orthorexia started to come into play because I was practicing yoga so often and I wasn't replacing the calories. I was burning with this physical power practice at the time. I started going to the gym also. So I was strength training and I was doing yoga and my husband was working with a personal trainer there who he became good. My husband became good friends with him and I would go to the gym with, with both of them, kind of work out with them. And he said to me, his name was John. John said, Amanda, he's like, I think you're, I feel like you might not be replacing your calories enough. You're looking a little bit thin. And he said it in a very supportive way. So he said, maybe you should, Start tracking to make sure that you're replacing the calories you're burning. Never realizing that for some people, tracking doesn't work. For some people, it like, for me personally, it just, I I can only speak from I, right? For me, it just was something that backfired because at that time, like I was saying, I felt out of control and that fear of judgment was showing up with the auditions. I was like trying to get it right, like trying to be who the casting director wanted me to be. But most of the time, if you're, if you're somebody who's a performer or if you're somebody who auditions, you kind of know that they never really tell you what they're looking for. Half the time, they don't even know what they're looking for. They just want you to really be yourself. Mm -hmm. And then if, if you fit the role, great, you know, but I didn't learn that until years later. I didn't, I didn't receive that message and it took me time, but tracking gave me that ability to control the things in life that I couldn't control. And I'm very, I'm somebody who's type A and I like feeling in control when I felt like things were spiraling a little bit. So uh, for me, it backfired. And I started playing this game of how clean can I eat? I can't like, even one cookie was like, whoa, it was a big deal to me to introduce sugar into my body at this time. Also something else happened with my health that kind of knocks me back one more time. I was, um, they found precancerous cells in my breast and I have a family history on my father's side of breast cancer, very strong, the women in my father's side. So, uh, this kind of at only 35 years old, they found precancerous cells in my breast. So, one of my doctors said oh maybe you know who knows the fact that you're underweight at this time might have stopped your body from creating a lot of estrogen which could have made the cancer progress more quickly so then there was another little piece of truth for me to continue to eat really clean and stay underweight at this point i was suffering with um amenorrhea so i wasn't getting my period i was I'm five foot six. I was 103 pounds at my lowest and I didn't see it. And family members did everything that they could to support me. But the way that they were doing it was just not working. Like I had an aunt who, again, coming with this, she was doing her best as a trained nurse, as you know, a health professional. I was at our house and she was yelling at me about like, eat the whole piece of salmon. What is wrong with you? You're too skinny. And like, there's a certain way to approach it, right? When somebody is struggling. I mean, you know, we, we're all doing the best that we can. And it's like what you said, it's like trusting that we're all showing up with the best intention, right. And to support one another, but the way people were doing, it just wasn't, it wasn't supportive. And it did take me looking in the mirror one day and seeing my collarbones popping out and seeing the way that I looked, my ribs were popping out. And I was like, Whoa. And that was it. That was when I kind of just woke up. And then I did, I stepped into another 40 day yoga challenge in that other 40 day yoga challenge. I realized how strict I was being with myself. And with yoga, you learn to be to, to look for a balance, not necessarily fun, right. We're we, are we always looking for balance? I don't know. I'm That's like my word, my two words in life are trust and balance. And so that's what I'm always working with. But I saw that I was not being kind to myself. I wasn't giving, I was being so restrictive. So that other, the other 40 day yoga practice uh, challenge really presents me to the way that I was kind of not being kind to my body because it wasn't functioning the way it should right? As a 35 year old woman, I was not getting my period. So I read, I read a book called no period. Now what, and my husband actually read it with me and supported me through the process of gaining the weight back, because that could be a whole mindset thing too. You know, then all of a sudden your jeans don't fit and you're like, Oh my goodness. Am I, am I going to get to that point where I'm not comfortable in my own body? but you know, it it takes time. And we found also, I worked with a therapist and we found that for years, my mother, my best friends did the best that she could, but her whole life struggled with her weight. And she would say two things constantly, you're never too thin and you're never too rich. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And my therapist said over time, that might've become a mantra that I took on. And that when I, when this happens, it could have just woke up something in me. And that's where I had the orthorexia started, but slowly through my yoga practice, I was able to presence myself and start to work my way out of it. Hmm.
0: I love that idea too, that, that a mantra doesn't have to be something like something positive. It it can also be that recycled thought that's just over and over and over again of something that is taking us away from who we are. So we are maybe unknowingly in this cycle of mantras. Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's how I guess the, like my yoga practice really showed up because I was finally able to see that lie show up. And do what I don't know if you're familiar with the Buddhist nun Pema Chodron. I don't know if you've ever read her her teachings, but she has a book talking about like the shenpa, the hook, right? That the thing that hooks you. And for me, like that, that feeling of anxiety that would show up would was like my shenpa. It was the anxiety showing up, and then that lie would show up. So how did I make friends with the lie? and choose not to feed into it Mm -hmm. and to break the cycle of a mantra that was not supporting me. Yeah. Like exactly what you said.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So you, you've gone through this journey. It it seems like you're in a better place now and you're helping other people. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So um, I feel like, I don't want to put this on people, but I think a lot of us struggle with our relationships with food, right? Whether it's emotional eating, maybe it's emotional, not eating kind of like me or like using that as a way to control. Cause what's the one thing in life that we can control, right? The things we put into our bodies. So for me, I really, it's my goal to not only help my clients with the foods, right? Like I was saying, but it's also helping them with the relationships that they have with food. So a lot of times I do become like more of a, like a coach, not only with the foods, but that's just like one aspect of what I do Hmm. because mindset is something that like, if you don't believe you're going to lose the weight, you're not going to lose the weight. If you believe that you're gonna, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Oh, I can't think of the word. Like, if you believe you're going to get in your own way, then you're already already in your own way, you know? So it's, it's like, we have the first step we have to do is to just work on the mindset first and then move forward. But the yoga for me is what has opened me up to possibilities on all fronts. So for me, like it does the breath work, the meditation, the mindfulness work does become part of, um, you know, my process when working with clients, but my number one goal was being able to take my journey and everything I went through and to help others, whether it's with, whether others are struggling and they need to put on weight or others are struggling and they need to lose weight, you know, but I really do focus in on helping women who are struggling with stress and anxiety and um, are having a really hard time losing weight. They're like, they're my target. They're really who I'm looking for. The women that are looking for balance because what I offer is whole food focused eating, the mindfulness work behind it so that you can get really present to where you're, that's the word, sabotaging yourself. (laughs) So if you believe you're gonna sabotage yourself, you're already, it's already there, right? The thought's already there. So you're already sabotaging your success (laughs) without even realizing it. If you believe you're going to, then you will right? So you have to have that mindset of being open. So like we work on that first and then I like to take, you know, all the little tools and things I've learned along the way and help others to implement them because I don't believe in diets. Diets don't work.
0: You, you were speaking music to my ears because I was a weight loss coach for five years and we would use diets and it would work for a little bit, maybe, but like you said, they would sabotage themselves, maybe at the beginning, maybe in the middle, maybe even at the end, they would have to come back to us. And I just couldn't do it anymore. They just couldn't perpetuate that cycle anymore. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing it's with me, it's a complete lifestyle overhaul and it takes time. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. diets make us think that we're denying ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, when we finally give ourselves permission to have it, it's an overindulgence, right? So, where again, there comes my word where's the balance, right? Where do you see it as a lifestyle change?
0: And, and two, a lot of what I dealt with was judgment, judgment around food, but mostly judgment around themselves. Mm-hmm. And if they can learn to drop the judgment around themselves, especially around food, that heals the relationship and they're going to make those positive choices more often naturally. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and you just spoke my goal as a coach. Like that right there, you just put a pretty bow on it and wrapped it up in a little present box. Like that's my goal. I want people to feel... Empowered to make choices that support their goals. Yeah. Nice.
0: Well, you are going to be a rock star coach. And if I know people who are struggling with their weight, whether it's under, whether it's over, I think that you should help them. And I would like you to help them. So uh, if you're hearing this and you know someone like that, Please contact Amanda. And uh, wh- what is the best way to connect with you?
1: Um, you could just actually go right to my website. It's amandagarjulo.com. And there is a page for the business, Nourish Your Soul Wellness, where you can sign up for a free consultation. And we can just hop on a phone call and just get to know each other and make sure that, you know, you like me, I like you, right? Because it really is, it's a relation. It's all about relationships, right? When you are putting your trust in somebody, you have to connect with them or else it's not going to work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe if I would have met you like last year, uh, things would have been, you would have said, Rich, you're, you're struggling, with your relationship with food. And I was, and and in a lot of ways I've dropped that. so I'm very grateful for people like you.
1: Thank you. I'm grateful for you, honestly. And I'm happy to hear that you're coming out the other side of your struggle.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wonderful. Well, uh, this has been the rich life realization podcast had up what positive, powerful guest today. She will be back next week and we're going to sit down and dig into a topic that she finds challenging and see if we can find some clarity around it. Join us for that. Thank you, Amanda.
1: Thank you.